This episode is brought to you by the new Australian Merino wool sock range from Budgie Smuggler. They're cracking socks made in Melbourne. They won't disappoint. Jump on budgiesmuggler.com.au to grab yours now. All right. Yeah. Who, who, who's the big stiff out of you guys? Who's got the big stiff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we, haven't really, we haven't really spoke about it. Yeah, anyway, uh, here's Wonderwall. Yeah, Richard and Tara. Yeah, all right, mate. You're right. I've had a bloody gut for the big stiff podcast. You guys obviously have done your homework. This is really, really important. I've enjoyed this totally. And hopefully you'll go on the bigger and bigger and better things because you're a pair of great guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Big Stiff Podcast. Scotty Baldwin, welcome back. Yeah, mate. It's good to be back. Absolutely punching him out. How you going, mate? Yeah, good. Um, I'm up in Brizzy, so it's all pretty uh, business as usual. But you Sydney folk, jeez, yeah, struggling. Drink. Drinking beers up there, you lucky pricks. So, yeah, yeah. We, we're not in the pubs just yet. It's all sunshine and rainbows up here, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, until this morning. So, good luck to you. Yeah, <laughs> we got a big one today. Big, coup. yeah, big Massive episode. One. Anthony Minicello, welcome to the show. Okay, boys, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, you're huh? welcome. Um, we'll uh, we'll give the viewers a uh, a little rundown on who you are. So. Anthony Michello is a former professional rugby league player, captain the Sydney Roosters in the NRL, and retired having set records for most games and most tries in the club's history. An Australian and Italy international, as well as New South Wales State of Origin representative, uh, wing turned fullback, he played his entire career with the Roosters. Wow. With whom he won the 2002 and 2013 NRL premierships before retiring at the conclusion of the club's 2014 campaign. Minicello also won the Golden Boot Award for the International Player of the Year in 2005. Mate, fucking good career. What a what a (laughs) career. What a welcome, boys. Thanks for having me again. So awesome yeah, to be on. Not a, pro- not a problem at all, mate. Uh, so we're just going to play a little bit of Would You Rather with with you. Um, sure. So we'll, we'll kick it off. Would you rather get in a fight with uh, Michael Crocker or Steve Price? <laughs> uh, I'll go Steve Price. I know Crocker. Yeah. I, live with, I live with Croc. He's an absolute beast. <laughs> yeah, he can throw him. Yeah, he loves everything. Goes hard. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather say everything on your mind or never speak again? Ooh, that's <laughs> a good one. Um, oh, you probably have to say everything on your mind to get it off, won't you? Yeah, yeah. I'd be the same. It'd be yeah. a bit Conscience-free. Uh, yeah. Might get me in a bit of trouble, to be honest. If I... <laughs> yeah, Would you rather have more time or more money? Uh, more time. I'd, yeah. I'd, yeah, time is... Um, so valuable isn't it it's just it seems yeah. like the days just fly by i think every every year you get older it goes quicker so yeah more time yeah would you rather be able to talk to animals or speak all foreign languages oh well if you ask my daughter that one it's 100 percent talk to animals because she yeah. loubs them <laughs> yeah i'd be the same uh, reckon. yeah um well, foreign language is good you can just travel anywhere so i'll choose that one mm. favorite movie favorite movie I'm not a huge movie buff. Um, what what comes to mind? Some of the funny ones that that um, Will Farrell does is quite funny. Yeah, you know, oh, yes. yeah, Gosh. they're pretty. They're pretty good. Everyone's favourite sort of drama one, isn't it? Shawshank Redemption. I, I literally oh, yes. don't. I don't have a like one that stands out to be honest. Yeah, a lot of people have said Shawshank Redemption. Redemption. Mm. Sorry, like heaps of people love that. Yeah, I know. Absolutely cracking movie. It is yeah, a cracking abs- movie. Yeah. So moving on to your career, uh, when, when did it all start for you, Mini? Uh, when did you fall in love with rugby league? Well, I grew up southwest of Sydney, uh, just outside mm-hmm. Liverpool on five acres, uh, awesome. younger brother, younger sister. My brother started league when he was six, six years of age, but I didn't start till I was 10. So my first oh, sport. Late bloomer. Yeah, yeah. My first sport was gymnastics. Well, it was gymnastics, little athletics. Um, that was my first two main sports. So it was probably a bit of a weird sport to get into gymnastics in yeah. the 80s. Uh, but mm. my mum, my mum, what a, um, a cousin or my mum's friend's cousin or something like that, was a gymnastics teacher at Macquarie Field. So uh, I 
that was my first sport I jumped into. So I was doing quite well at gymnastics actually. And then once I um once my mates at school said, Oh, come and join, we'll join the local rugby league team. Uh, you know, you start training with your mates and hanging out with your friends, you're just like, Oh yeah, this is the game for me. So mm. as that that progressed or I, I gave up all the other sports and and I was pretty lucky I got signed at the Roosters at 16 years of age. So six years after I started league, uh, the great Arthur Beetson come along. Yes. And, um, yeah, took me out of the West and put me into the East. And the rest is history, mate. I stayed at the Roosters for 18 years. Yeah, we're going to mention that next. So you were spotted by Big Artie. Um, what influence did he have on your early career? Yeah, so I was a Western Suburbs junior, obviously, and mm – -hmm. um, I played a couple of rep games for them, 14s and 15s and under – no, not 15s actually, so I didn't get selected. And I was uh, quite yeah, upset right. about that. But uh, I think when I was 16, I sort of had a growth spurt and I developed and we had a really good year in our local league. And um, so I had sort of had Arthur Beetson come along and ask for some tapes uh, through a scout and my mum used to film every game. So she said, yeah, yeah, have a bunch of these. Oh, That's um, so good. Yeah, yeah. so I uh, – I sort of had West there and the, the Roosters were um, knocking on the door and offered me a two-year contract and I sort of chose the Roosters because I was still a little bit upset that I didn't play under 15s for West the year before. It's um, a pretty bloody good choice to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> looking, looking back, it's a bloody good choice. Um, but I remember, yeah, we I got invited to a camp first actually at Narrabeen, two-day camp. And I remember yeah. Arthur Beaton speaking at that camp because he's the guy that gathered all these players from New South Wales around. And I didn't know too much about him at the time, but he just he just walked in, he's a big man, he had a presence and I was like, Wow. Then you start, you know, digging deeper and you can mm. just see what he's done for the game for origin and all that type of stuff. Mm. And, you know, we struck up a really great friendship um yep. for all those years. And, you know, that uh, Golden Boot Award that you mentioned earlier, you know, it was over in England, pretty prestigious award. He was the guy that actually uh, presented it to me so oh, yeah, fantastic. yeah we, had, we had a we had a great friendship and he was absolute legend of the sport and especially the roosters yeah so you made your debut at 20 uh for the chookies what was 19, the feeling actually just oh, just, 19, just, you, just, just 19. yeah 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 so okay. I, was, I was turning 20 in may it was, it was actually it was the year 2000 so what happened yep. was obviously the year the olympics so we yep. started the competition a lot earlier i think it was like five five or six weeks early Oh and, yeah, okay. Yeah, so we were, we were playing in some hotter months, so they allowed us to have six people on the bench. Uh, you could only oh. use four. You could only yep. use four, but you had six people on the bench to choose from. Choose for those four, and Graham Murray was our coach. And uh, I was, I think it was around four, around five against the Dogs. I was one of those six people on the bench, and I got thrown on in the last ten minutes. I think we got beat. But the yep. game after was where I sort of really feel that was my debut was against Manly. Um, at Allianz Stadium again, I was starting on the right wing. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. What was the feeling like? Was it? Were you nervous? Were you excited? Um, and who'd you contact first when you when you were making your when you found oh, out that you were making your debut? Your debut? Yeah, obviously it was my parents. Um, yeah, let them know. And I remember being in the sheds. I was pretty nervous, without doubt. I was uh, I was playing well in reserve grade, but you know, <laughs> the first grade's a massive step up. I remember. Yeah. You know, looking around and it's Brad Fittler, Adrian Lamb. Uh, we had Quinton Pongia and all these hard forwards. And amazing, um, yeah. And and I remember Freddie just come over and goes, "Mate, you'll be right tonight, mate. Just do your job. Just do what you've been doing in reserve grade. Um, just do your job. Don't worry about anyone else's." And that was it. Like I remember, my, I think it was my first runner. There was a grubber getting kicked into our in goal, and I collected it and try to get out and I'm running sideways first and come jamming in under the post and uh, I think it was Jeff Tuvey. Yeah, it was Jeff Tuvey. Oh, yeah. In. No, he could hit and he'd come flying out out of his line to try and get me in goal and I just sort of bumped him off and, and kept running and I got out of it, got out of it in goal. I remember Lammy and Free just screaming, going, yeah, man, yes. that's all we want. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and uh, that was it. Yeah, I stayed in first grade ever since and we made the grand final that year against a um, – Red hot Broncos hide, and yeah, you know, yeah. We, got, we 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 got dusted fourteen eight. But that year, looking back at it now, it was unlimited interchange. Like imagine that in this day, this game, this day, unlimited yeah, interchange. Absolutely, <laughs> quite insane. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's insane. unbelievable. Jesus Christ, mm. mate. 
you've got a bloody fit rig. We all know that. And we've heard some great <laughs> stories about preseason. So what was one of the worst you had? And, um, yeah, who stood out um, and who was the biggest whinger? Yeah, well, you know, I was pretty lucky. I was naturally fit. So mm-hmm. growing up on the farm, I was always outdoors uh, riding bikes and, you know, driving cars and motorbikes and whatnot, running a lot. I was a um, pretty good long-distance runner. Um, mm. So pre-season to me was was, was fine. Uh, we, we trained hard, no doubt. I, I, I'll tell you a story about Ricky Stewart. This is hilarious. So Ricky Stewart <laughs> came to the club in 02. We won the premiership. He changed our yeah. hardness and, our, and we, we changed the defence that year with that rushing defence. Yep. You know, every, everyone in the team by end of pre-season uh, of his first year we will do the beep test quite regularly. Oh, yeah. uh, we'll get fourteen. If anyone knows the beep test, if you're getting far if, out, if you're getting above thirteen, you're doing well. Uh, you're getting above fourteen, you're doing really well. Uh, at the start, he used to just let us go, and you know we were getting eighteen, nineteen for some of the fitter guys. But then he pulled it all back and said, "Look, if the whole squad gets fourteen consistently, then I'll, I'll just stop it at fourteen. You can, we can finish at fourteen. And the fitter guys, I were like, yeah, how good's that? That's beautiful. But, uh, you know, we're getting like edge front rowers or backup front rowers getting 14 because we got so fit. Oh. Um, but this is, uh, this is a good one. So after we had our first block of preseason, you go on your Christmas break, New Year break, you get two weeks off, you come back day one. Day one, after two weeks yeah. off, everyone, yeah, it's New Year's. You've everyone's had a yeah, this has been on the yeah, piss all yeah, yeah. season. I can. Anyway, we we get the ES marks and we do the the beep test. We're on the track. We're doing the beep test, so it's a bit of faster track. So everyone's happy about that. And uh, we all get some people. We would, would no, no, not all of us get fourteen, um, but he stops it and he goes, "Go get a drink." So we all get a drink, and he comes back and he goes, "We're doing it again." <laughs> And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> We're going back-to-back beep test. And he goes, yep, I don't care. Hell. If everyone has to beat their score, if you don't beat your score, we've got Ronnie Palmer over there. He's counting how many clicks you don't get your score. And then we'll, he'll add that up and we're doing hundreds. You had just oh. had this angry head on. Oh, Ronnie Palmer. Jeez. Yeah, so oh, no. we, do the, we, we do the beep test again. And, and the only person that beats his score by one level was Craig Wing. Everyone else failed miserably. Anyway, so he sends us for a drink. Yeah, he sends us for a drink and he's just fuming. And he comes back and he huddles us in. He goes, get in here. He's all angry. And he goes, and he just unloaded on Craig Wing. (laughs) 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 Unloaded on him. He goes, mate, you fucking weak prick. You didn't go hard the first time. And everyone's like, <laughs> but anyway, like he added it up, and it was like, it was actually like ninety-eight. Out of the whole squad of thirty, or whatever, we we missed our clicks by ninety-eight. And Ronnie's like, uh, Ricky, we can't give him ninety-eight hundreds. Yeah, and he goes, well, mate, I don't care. Give him fifties, like just <laughs> half it and give him fifty fifties. So we did two beat tests in a row, and plus fifty fifties after straight straight away for day oh, one. Oh <laughs> fuck! Did anyone throw up? Yeah, yeah, that was surely weeks. that yeah, was yeah. that would have been a crook day. Yeah, yeah fucking nice. Jesus yeah. Christ! Since that so. was back in the day where there wasn't much science involved. It's just no, like not at all. run as much yeah. as you can possibly do, and That's then we're gonna run some was. more. Yeah, yeah, it was no, it was no sports science back then. No GPS tracking. No. It was yeah. just, it was just down to um, how hard the coaches wanted to go on us every day. And, and it's it over every day. Looking back now, <laughs> oh, yeah. now everything you know, it was just crazy. <laughs> There's yeah, no man need, management. No, nah, you need recovery time, you know, to build. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We, 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 like, we were the fittest team in the NRL for two or three years, and then we just fell away. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, Jesus. So you've got a couple of nicknames. you got Mini um, and the Count. Um, yep. The Mountain Cat. Can you give us yes. a little bit of an explanation <laughs> about about the Count? Yeah, who, I'll, give you, I'll, you I'll, give I'll give you both. I'll give you both. So yeah. 2001, I got selected um, – in the city side, actually, uh, oh, yeah. on on the wing, and uh, Gaz was my centre partnering. But uh, our coach was um, the great Brett Kenny, oh, and yes. he, he was he was. Oh, I'm not sure if he was coach or assistant coach. Or he, he was in the, he was in our coaching staff. I was pretty young, but um, he just said, "Mate, you absolutely look like the count." So he, he like he's the one who gave, he's the one who gave <laughs> oh, it to me. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, sweet. Um, 
to, to be honest, that that nickname has gone off with all the fans. The fans yeah, love yeah, that nickname, yeah, but yeah, yeah, to yeah. the boys and within the, the sort of the circles, um, footy circles, it's the mountain cat, <laughs> the mm, Italian mountain yeah. cat or cat or min cat, because yeah. uh, pretty early on as well, I think it was around 2002, every Monday the, the sports paper would come out and there was like little fan snippets on yep. um, just comments on players. And I think Rico was, Rico was r- rummaging through the comments and, and one comment said, that Anthony Minicello, he just reminds me of an Italian mountain cat. He always <laughs> lands on his front, you know, and, and Rico just like, have a go. And it just bang, it just stuck. It oh, just stuck. how good so, is that? And that Mate, was, that you was can, it. You can Italian see, like, Rab, Rabs loved using that he, one. I know. The I know. mountain so, cat. Joey brought that to uh, Rabs because um, yeah. I roomed with Joey in Origin and, um, yeah, just filtered through the, the NRL circles. And then he brought that to Rabs and Rabs loved it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, fuck, how good. Yeah. Mate, you, you touched on 2002 before. So after scoring 16 tries during 2002 NRL season, you played on the wing for the Roosters in their 2002 grand final. Yep. You won it over New Zealand Warriors. What is it like to win a grand final at such a young age, mate? Mm. Yeah, you probably take it for granted because, mm. like, uh, the next few years we'll win grand finals back to back. So it's just like, how good is this? This is this happens every year. Um, yeah. you, you soon find out it doesn't. But two thousand and two, <laughs> it was um, it was a great year. Like we mm. we had some losses consecutively at the start of the year. Then we went on this run of nine straight wins. Uh, and that's when we had that rushing defence and um, that's the, the fitness come through that I talked about with Ricky. Uh, and it was just – basically, it was a blur. It was six weeks after of a blur. Like, it was just yeah. partying for six weeks. <laughs> I, end, I, end up, I end up missing the first two weeks of preseason from that from that, camp, six, from that off-season campaign because I actually got the chicken pox. So I was that run down. Oh. I was just partied for that long, you know. So, <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah. Sure. I was the chicken pox, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. what they call it? <laughs> That's well, I was actually going to ask you what was the bender like afterwards, and, yeah, and do you have any mate. stories? Who was best on ground, mate? There would have oh, been a sounds, mate, sounds yeah. like you, so you were up there. Folks we in had. That team. Um, we yeah. If you look back at that team, Mick Crocker, like Fletcher, uh, Rico. Uh, Freddie, when he yeah. goes, um, <laughs> mate, it was just an all-time off-field outfit, you know, and it was unbelievable. <laughs> How good is that? Yeah. Unbel- so where where where'd you actually end up? Like after the game, like where'd you where, where was your first drinking so session? We um so we we got on the team bus and we pulled yeah. back into Alliance Stadium and they didn't tell us this. They pulled back into Alliance Stadium and we're like, well, what are we doing? We're going to the Leagues Club. And we, yeah, everyone's drinking champagne and whatnot. And then, then bang, we rock up and there's this bright red double decker bus, oh, uh, roofless. Good. And we all the- get on. <laughs> yeah, we all get on. <laughs> we all get on and we're up to the top deck and it's just uh, open air and everyone's on the champagne and we roll in the Bondi Junction and the roads are closed off. <laughs> nice. Tens Royalty. of thousands of people. Yeah, tens of thousands of people everywhere and everyone's throwing their gear and tires everyone and <laughs> we stop there and everyone's so chanting good. and we sing the song and we spend uh, 20 minutes with them outside like that and then we run, then we get straight into the club and we head up to our uh, function and that's we literally stayed there to like five in the morning, six in the morning. And then you find your way up to the cross back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everyone's cool. single, I'd imagine. So it's like no, we, we had a team back then that was all single. It was just <laughs> phenomenal. Like, you know, we had the older guys that, you know, Rico was single for ages as well. Like, it's every, the, the whole group was almost single. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> that would have been unreal. It's probably still recovering from it. But <laughs> yeah. um, you moved from the wing to fullback in 2003 uh, because Luke Phillips retired. How was that transition? Yeah. I know that you um, you spoke to Ricky and you said, no, nah, mate, I want first dibs on it. Um, well, he, he came and spoke to me first. So look, this is this was a big call for Ricky and I um, mm. still thank him, thank him for it to mm. this day because that really elevated my career so to the next we. level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he came up to me in preseason and um, he said, man, I'm thinking about playing you at fullback. What do you think? And I said, yeah, 100%. I'd love to get involved more. You know, 
I want to be around the ball. You know, I'm thinking about you or Justin Hodges because we had Justin Hodges in our side yeah, as well. Mm. Yeah. And um, I said, oh, mate, I'll give me first crack. I'll, I'd love to. Mm. Yep. And he goes, okay, all right. So I did a bit of training there in the preseason. And my first, the first game was the World Club Challenge. So we're over there oh, in, yeah. in bloody mm. February. It's freezing cold. Um, <laughs> and, mate, we smashed them 38-0. And I have a good game. And that was it. Bang. I was a fullback from then on. So it was awesome. How yeah, good's that? And I dare say oh, you're yeah. probably on the piss a bit over there as well. Oh, that's <laughs> another, another good campaign over there. Yeah. You, like back in the day, everyone used to go like a week or two early and make it like a European holiday. Yeah. Well, we, we went we went, we went went 10 days, I think. So we actually – well, actually, we didn't know. So we got there on a Thursday night late um, and we were playing the following Friday. We got there on a Thursday night late and we all sat in the bar at the hotel and we had a few beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then – the next night we get up and do a little bit of light training and get the running out of our legs, get the jelly out of our legs. And then Friday night we have a massive one, huge, out <laughs> in the town. And then Saturday night we have another massive one. We're heading to Wigan. Or we had Adrian Morley in our team. So he was oh, just yeah, guiding us everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was Finchie, and, Finchie was there. He just joined oh, yeah. in 2003, didn't he? Yeah. He, he, he joined. He was, it was his first year, but it was like it was his, uh, he was a season campaigner from the word, word go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then – I remember Ricky said, mate, pull it up after Saturday after Saturday night. Pull it up. And then uh, Moz just grabbed a few of us. He goes, he goes mate, Sunday drinks on. And uh, <laughs> he took us to this pub locally and we had another drink. There was about only a group of six 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 of us. Uh, and we went to play that Friday night and we just we whacked them. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> so good. That's fucking yeah. awesome. So um, you, you won the GF in 2002. It's always hard to go back to back. Um, you lost in 2003. What were the emotions like having won the GF to losing a GF? You must have been gutted. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely gutted. Um, mm. and, yeah, we were the favourites that year to win. Yeah, we were yeah. on top all year. We had, we had some good tussles against Penrith. Um, but, you know, we, sh- we probably should have won that game. But I, uh, on the night, I think they certainly outplayed us. Um, I think they yeah. were – I think we were ready to play at the grand final breakfast. I think we, were just, we just got ready a little bit too early. For that week, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was just about to ask. Um, so we've heard Finchie on his a couple of his podcasts on, yeah. on TV saying that he, you know, he, he knew that he was going to lose that grand final. Um, well, looking back now, know, not, not at the time, no, but looking back, you, mm, you think, yeah, bloody hell, we'll we'll at the grand final breakfast and we'll like iron them off and read the play, and they're like laughing and carrying on, but they were so yeah. relaxed, you know. So, mm, yeah, looking, in hindsight, it's great, but um, yeah, it's. I think we got ready a little bit too early, and then mm-hmm. you know, and, and a couple of things went wrong on that night, and we sort of tightened up a bit and lost a little bit of our structure. And you know, they played well. We um, we spoke to Reese Wesser last week, and um, he went through the whole Luke Burns tackle. Um, Sattler chasing Todd, down Todd Burns, yeah, Todd Burns, yeah. yeah. And um, he just said as soon as that happened the whole team just lifted and we he just said we knew that we were on then um yeah mate, if he if he scores that you win yeah 100 percent. so we're, we're, we're like they started well and then i think shen Hegarty scored and we're like here we go boys we're back we're on mm. we, we we could have steamrolled them and then that, that that was a huge turning point but you know that wasn't the only part of um the game where there was a couple little turning points we had some other uh issues within um, tightening up th- through our structure and and then scoring some some weak tries with uh, Luke Rooney down that side as well. So it wasn't mm. just Todd Byrne. I always I always yeah. um, like to defend him because he was such a good player and yeah. good bloke as well. Mm. You know, mm. bloody oath. So 2003, you're selected for the Kangaroo Tour. You played on the wing. How was that feeling getting picked to play for your country you're born in, mate? Oh, awesome. Best tour yeah. ever, too. We, we was it? it? Yeah, unbelievable. So, um, I remember <laughs> here, we go. here we go. Well, it was mad. It was mad Monday. We're at Rico's house, and it's like uh, eight in the morning, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, you know, coming back from the cross, and then, and you know, you get the phone call from Brian Canavan, our football manager, and he said, Mate, yeah. you're, you've been selected in the Australian team, the tour. And I'm like, Okay, good. That's just such a great feeling, you know, to pull on yeah. the green and gold. Um, and then he goes, Mate, Five others are with you as well, you know, Shannon Haggerty, Fitzy, Rico, Wingy. I was like, mate, this is all time. How good is this? So good. And um, we go into camp. I think we, I don't know if we play game one in Sydney, then we fly over. No, no, we don't. We don't. 
Well, I can't. Oh, yeah, actually, we do. I can't. Well, I think we just have a one-off test against New Zealand or first I, because we we're playing an Ashes series. It was you know, oh, like yes, one of the last yes. Ashes series, so we played a game against New Zealand here. I'm not sure if we lost or just won. Joey gets a little bit of a niggle in his knee. He pulls out of the game. Um, Gordon Tallis has pulled out as well. So we've had we've got a fairly young squad. Lockie's our captain, obviously. He's the man. Um, and Chris Anderson's our coach. And he goes, boys, oh, yeah. I want to go a little bit earlier. This was like an eight-week tour. He goes, I want to go a little bit earlier because I want to take you guys to Paris and then Barcelona where we can just bond and get the group together. We know, know what everyone, that means. Everyone's like, fuck yes. Fuck So we get on the plane and it's our first night. We have two nights in Paris. We've got Craig Gower, who's a madman, and he just oh. he's just sorting out all the best places to go to straight away. <laughs> a little halfback, as they do. And um, and then we have four nights in Barcelona first. And, and all we have to do is, is get up at nine in the morning you run 10 minutes somewhere that uh, your trainer leads you to, and then you run back 10 minutes. So you got a 20-minute run, and that is it for the day. So we, <laughs> How good is that? We Holy had five hell. days of just that, and then you could do whatever you wanted. So it, it was just like we're going for lunch, and there's beers, and it's on, and it's on every night. And Barcelona <laughs> is just awesome. You get down to the Rumbler, the main strip there, and yeah, the atmosphere awesome. is just pumping. It was still warm. And it was just on every day. <laughs> and then we had to come back and play France in a practice match and we just beat them by six points. Then we played England A and we just beat them by two points. So the press and is hounding you at this press stage. Is hounding, the press is hounding us. And Willie, Willie, Willie Mason comes up with that call, the Kentucky Ruse. Oh, he goes, this is... This is this tour is great. This is like the Kentucky Ruse. That gets filled. That gets filled back here in Australia, and they go, "What are these idiots doing?" But mate, we 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 win the series three nil. We whitewash them, and every single game goes down the wire. And it was mm. an e- epic game. Like it was unbelievable. And and then you know, from from that, we everyone's calling. Well, uh, Mace again led yeah. this. Where the Invincibles yeah. and all that, you know. Was, yeah. Mate, yeah. mate Darren Lockie at fullback. I think it's probably one of the last tours he or international games he played at fullback. Far out. I remember him yeah. just like almost single handedly just taking the games by its its neck and oh. just winning them. Yeah, he was, freak. Un, he was unbelievable. That that whole tour. Mm. He won the Golden Boot that year. It was yeah. un, unbelievable. Like. You know, every game was so physical. That for, the first game, remember, there's the it was the Adrian Morley um, send off. Yeah, 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 yeah. One yes, of the far, yes. fastest send offs in yeah, history yeah, you know, yeah. against Robbie Kearns yeah. <laughs> off the kickoff. Um, but uh, Lockyer just took control. We had uh, Kamali as our halfback. He played well. Um, and then the last game, we, we won every game almost with three two minutes to go. But the last game, we were down, um, down by four. And it was only 30 seconds to go. We had Croc playing 5-8 at this stage. We had Craig Wing playing on the at, at centres. Like we, yeah, 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 we had, yeah, we had yeah. some injuries oh, through the tour. Yeah. And it was it's last tackle. And we're, we're like almost inside our 40. 30 seconds to go. And they're winning by four. And someone rushes out at Lockie to put some kick pressure on. He dummies straight through a gap. And he jink, jink, jink. Passes to Kamali, Kamali to someone else, or Kamali to Rickardson, Rickardson mm. to score the try to win the match on the bell in the third Ashes series to win Bloody three. Fantastic! Yeah, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Oh mate, ah. we we went nuts after every game there because Chris <laughs> Anderson, Chris Anderson is just you can do you can do whatever you want any night of the week as long as you turn up for training. That's all I ask. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was yeah. his mate. It was unreal. And after Great that, mantra. Yeah, I was Me a great too. After we won the second test and we had the ashes wrapped up, he goes, mate, boys, come back Thursday. So mate, we all went to Prague and we party in Prague and it was unreal. Fuck yeah, that's that's it. Oh, I'd love to be on that tour. That would oh, can't do that shit these days. No, nah, it's all changed, boys. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, no way you can you get, get away with that sort of shit. So mm. let's talk about origin. So you're part yep. of. Uh, success with New South Wales when your career in the sky blue began in 2003. How do you reflect on that period? Because that was an unbelievable period for New South Wales. Oh, yeah. Awesome period, those three three years. Um, mm. I remember the first game. This is probably one of the most nervous uh, I've been for a game. Uh, it was the opening of Suncorp Stadium, my first yep. game up there. Huge game. Um, 
and you know we had Joey Johns, Gaznia, Badiris. Uh, we had an epic side, and it just all come together because you know Gus just picked a fresh side, some new faces, um, picked me at fullback, and made it was just a squad ready to go. And um, we had a three year period there where you know we we dominated Queensland and. It yep. was uh, it was awesome, and and all all that's from that squad. We're all like still really good mates now. Yeah, how, how was Gus as a coach? Uh, origin you... all time, unbelievable. Yeah. Like yeah. he could he could bring a squad together. You know, he, his speeches, the way he speaks, is just phenomenal. Anyway, mm. uh, but he could he could bring a side together and prepare you for um, uh, the biggest battle. He's one of the best at it. And uh, yeah. you know he created that hatred against Queensland, and mate, it was awesome. Fucking so, Joey Johns, two thousand five, yep. the comeback. Yeah. What? Yep. What? I roomed with him did... this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, wow. how was it? Okay. How was that? What so was he what like to room with? Would have lifted the boys. Yeah. Oh, so what? So what happened was um, we had that epic game in game one, mm. where mm. it went into extra time, and Kamali. Throws the intercept and then Ricky gets rid Maddie, of Kamali and Maddie brings Bowen, Joey yeah. back. Yeah, Matty Bowen, that's right. And and brings Joey back after one game from a serious knee injury. But I remember we were training down at Wallara, down at the rugby club down at Wallara, and Joey's yep. first everyone's like, fuck, Joey's coming in, Joey's coming in. The first session, he was just on fire, calling the shots, and everyone just took a breath and went, mate, how comfortable is this? You could just Joey's just running the show. He just he just jumped in and just ran the show straight away. And I remember coming in the camp and uh, you get your roomie and it's like, A Johns. I'm like, oh, hey, what's this? Hey, <laughs> Johns. Anyway, so I like to make him tea. He loved. He was loving his tea and um, white, <laughs> you're his butler. Stripes. What? Yeah, I was his butler. White Can I do anything for you, stage. Andrew? Yeah, yeah. So I was making his tea and uh, you know putting on his music and stuff. But uh, now we we had a. We had a really good combo, Joey and I. Like I yeah. was, I just hung around him most games. But that game, game two down here in uh, Sydney, I remember. And that that day, or the not the day of the game, the day before, or during the week, Joey and I were talking. As my, he, he loved planning. Joey loved planning. Mm. You know, two mm. three steps ahead. He would always say to me, "Mate, hanging inside tackle four. You would work over th- the same three or four blokes. Then you have inside me and have outside, and you just pick them apart." And he goes, "Mate, you know we've done that for the last couple of years. I want to do this kickback, mm. you know, to the middle of the field. I want to keep punching yep. down the side of the field, down the side of the field where Slater's going to hug that side, hug, 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 and then I'm just going to go bang, kick back to the middle of the field." And and you chased it. I said, mate, hundred yeah. percent. Anyway, that the day of the game, the paper comes out and it had all these different array of kicks that that was printed that Joey had that that he does. Yeah. And one of them was this kick. Um. Anyway, so in the on on in the game, I think it was only tackle three or four. I can't remember. I I I call for an inside ball because I thought it was a half gap, but Joey does the kick, and pinpoint accuracy, it hits the middle of hits the post. And I come yep. steaming through and just dive on and score the try, you know. And he, he's talked about it all week. Like he's a freak. <laughs> yeah, mate, he's unbelievable. Mm. Mate, those early two thousands, that Roosters team you're in, I think it's not it's not spoken about enough in terms of like the dynasty because, mate, you're in four out of five grand finals, I believe. Yeah, and like, yeah. like honestly. You, your Roosters team were phenomenal, like mm. phenomenal, and so darn unlucky to not win. Yeah. I mean, two. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, three we or jagged, four. We should have jagged one more grand final. That, that's being honest. We should have won one more. How do you, How do you look back on that and say, oh, geez, what? Like, if 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 you had to finish your career, like after two thousand five, you'd be you'd look back and think, oh, maybe there's a bit of regret there. Uh, well, look, when you when you finish up in your career, you realise that you actually realise how hard it is even to make a grand final. Yeah. And then yeah. I like, I played in I played in six of them. You know, I played you know fifteen years of first grade, and I got the chance of playing six grand finals. That, that's mm. you know that's a huge achievement. You know, and I'm I've won two of them. So no, I can't re- re- say oh we should have. I regret that. Now it's all part of you know life. But yeah, yeah, I do yeah, yeah. think you know we should have we should have jagged one more out of that period. 
Mm, uh, whether yeah. whether it was Penrith or the Dogs, you know, it, we should have jagged one more, but it, that didn't happen. Uh, you can't look back. You always got to look forward. But you know, I'm blessed to have played in six of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some people don't even get the chance to play. Yeah. That, well, that's that's, that's, that's so. what you look at. That's right. Yeah. Look at Hindy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's right. Yeah. I yeah. Mate, uh, leading into after that little period, you had a decent run of injury free until 2006 when your back became yeah. quite a big yeah, yeah. concern for you. Um, how close did that come to um, forcing you into retirement? Well, I, I always believed that I was going to come back and play again. Um, you know, you I got three cut years down. off. I, believe, I got cut three down. seasons, two and a half I had seasons off. Four, well, four basically, because I had yeah. a leg injury at the end. So what happened was I, you know, obviously I was coming off the the best individual um, year of my career in 2005, Absolutely. winning the Wally yep. Lewis Medal and Harry Sutherland and the Golden Boot, and then I mm. get injured. I played the first six games and. Uh, I had a ruptured disc in my lower back. So my whole thinking was the first time was like, oh, yeah, mate, I've played more games than anyone in a three-year period. I'll take a, a rest of the year off, come back bigger and better in 07. Mm. I played the first 10 games in 2007. I get selected back in the blue squad. And then game two, I had to pull out of that game because I had another flare-up in my back. And this time it was the disc above doing the same thing. And then you start to think, hang on a minute, what's going on? This is my second back injury. So I'll take the recovery a lot slower. Then 2008 rolls around and I do a serious neck injury, disc bulge in my neck. And that's when it, it, was, it was serious because they're saying you're one millimetre away from your spinal cord. Any type of heat could put you in a wheelchair. Bloody so hell. then you, you have to take, you have to look at quality of life as well. Yep. Um, but then I, I went searching for answers um, um, and it was it was um, lucky that I had my wife to push me to try and find answers, answers as well. And I found a guy who I started working with who had functional movement training. Um, he had his own training studio, functional movement type stuff, which wasn't mm. big in, in sport back in 2008 or in league in 2008 anyway. Um, and then he ties in a lot of nutrition and lifestyle factors. So I started to change things and be more professional off the field. And I started, I felt stronger, I felt my body repairing. And then 2009 rolls around and I do uh, synosmosis, grade three. So it's like serious leg injury with a spiral fracture under my knee. So I'm out for another 22 weeks and I can only, I only come back for the last five or six rounds to try and prove myself to earn a contract. And you know, mm. lucky the Roosters stayed loyal there and, and gave me an incentive deal for a year and I took that up. And But then that's when I really dived into um, you know, the food system and, and the power it does in healing and restoration and and I um, revamped everything and I come back at 30. <laughs> Class is old at 30 in professional sport. Uh, yeah. But I played the next five years with no injury again to um, finish on my own terms, which was pretty special. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did, did you, um, throughout your career, did you have any offers uh, from other clubs at any stage? Well, early on, it was a different system to what it is now. We mm. had, um, you couldn't negotiate with any other club before June 30, I think it was. Yep. Um, so I was always signing with the Roosters before then. They were willing to sign me before then. So I just, yeah, that was great. Um, towards um, the back end of my career, I had some offers from England. Um, yep. But basically, I'd really build up a strong network here. Uh, towards the end of my career, I, I um, started my own business, Mini Fit. So I really didn't want to lose any of those connections that I had here if I went and played over in England. Mm -hmm. um so i was i was always happy to stay for a little bit less and and um and keep those connections alive here but I'm not going to any other club and you were just signing one year deals weren't you just i, I, I literally signed one one year deals for the five years so after <laughs> so after that uh 2010 season i was on match payments actually for a year. really so i had to play wow. to, i had to play to earn my money because yeah, I, I was i was injured for four years so you know yeah so yeah, refreshing yeah. yeah i love hearing that shit yeah, yeah and then and then then we did a, another one-year deal and we just kept doing one-year deals and um yeah. yeah nick at the club is great the club's always been loyal to me i've always been loyal to them so mate, at the end of the year they go how do you feel, you feel like going again i said yep let's go again and we just did one year deal one year deal one year deal until the end of 14. that was it you just backing just, yourself yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. Just talk, talking about Nick Politis, uh, what influence does he have on the club? Because obviously, looking from outside in, like he's unbelievable. You know, oh, mate, huge. Club. 
huge influence um, ever since he started back in the seventies. But uh, mm. now as our chairman, you know, he just leads the way from the top down, and mate, it's just it's he's just an awesome guy. He looks after the players. He's really he's so passionate about the club. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like he's just loves loves the, the boys, loves the club. And um, he just makes he just does everything top notch, you know. It's yeah. there's no um, there's no second best, you know. We want to win, but he puts great structures in place for so the coaches to to thrive. Mm. So moving forward to 2010, Toddy Carney's year. Yep. How was he around the squad? He arrived in 2010. Mate, he, as well yeah, mate. He's such a, such a good guy. Yeah, he's such a good bloke. He's he just goes a bit AWOL when he has a few beers. <laughs> like many of us. But, but um, no, he he come on board and he just took the NRL by storm, you know, winning the Dally yeah. M that year. And, mm. um, you know, we the, we um, made a grand final against the Dragons and that was it was a yep. huge year for us because it was our first year. It was my first year back in a full season, but it was my – it was our Brian Smith's first year at the Roosters as well, so new coaching staff. Yes. Uh, we had new structures in place. Um, you know, Piercy and, and and Toddy partnering up in the halves. Uh, so it it really just folded in nicely and worked well uh, in 2010. So it was a, that was a good year for us. Mm. 2012, moving forward, you had different yep. views with the way Brian Smith was coaching. Was there any stage that you thought you weren't a part of the plan? Um, so 2012, I remember. I remember. Actually, I got I got married in January, and he gave me two weeks off, and I come back, and we're preparing for the game one, mm. and I think Braith was our captain, and Braith was injured. He didn't play round one, and normally in the trial matches he would just give the captaincy to me. And uh, so I, it was it was really weird. I, I, I just sort of basically assumed I just would just go back to the default and I'll yeah. take the captaincy uh, for the for the game. And I remember he didn't, didn't say a thing. And I said to Smitty, oh, mate, there's a bit of wind out there. Which way do you want to run tonight? And he goes, oh, mate, Mitch Orbo is looking after that. I was oh. like, what do you mean? <laughs> this is like you know, <laughs> oh, twenty wow. minutes before kickoff, like twenty minutes before our warm up, and I thought that was really weird. I was like, um, nothing against Orbo. I love Orbo. He's one of my best mates. Yeah. But uh, I was yeah. like, that's, that's, like why, why wouldn't he just say something through the week? You know? Like, yeah, absolutely. So look, his communication skills weren't the best in 2012, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But he he did Brian Smith did bring a lot of good things to the club. I must admit yeah. he brought some good really structures in place where the, the players knew what day was their day off. Whenever we played on a Saturday or Friday, everything was the same weekly. Um, yep. he, he he did try and change the game plan, the whole game plan weekly as well. So that was conflicting with Mitchell Pearce in the end as well. Yeah. But you know, like he brought some good things. Uh, he just sort of fell away with communication towards the end and. Uh, look, I, I, the club sort of uh, knew that by uh, mm. not making the semi-finals two years in a row, and we normally yep. make changes straight away when that happens. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we brought in one of the best coaches that the game will see, I reckon. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, talking about 2013, I want to talk about a specific game, uh, the qualifying final, 2013 against Manly, four nice. nil. He's absolutely fucking battered each other. Epic. Um, you <laughs> you don't see. Game. You honestly do not yeah. see that in the NRL these days because of the new rules and how quick it is, mate. Yep. That, honestly, how you know, tough well, was well, that game? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk you through that game in a minute. But we actually watched a mm. clip of that when when Teddy first came on board uh, a couple of years mm. ago, uh, and I was doing a bit of fullback analysis with him and Robbo. We actually went back to that game to show him yep. some clips, and 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 Robbo pulled me aside after and went. Mate, that footage was just ridiculous. I, I still can't believe how good it was, and and that's and it's old footage, you know, and like because the game's come so yeah, far. Yeah. But yeah, that right. intensity of that game was just out of this world. Like, now Manly were such a physical team. You know, yeah. we were we we we, uh, we had a massive year thirteen minor premiership premiership, but we played Manly five times that year. We had once in the trial match, two during the regular season year. 
first semi-final, then grand final, and we beat them all five times. But they were all such physical mm. games. And that four nil game, it had everything, but it only had one try. But it had yeah. everything. Everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember watching it. It was yeah. unreal. Like, Amazing. Yeah. Just some of the Old hits school. put on. Like, oh. yeah, you don't see that these days, and it's a shame. No. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, part of. you captaining, mate. You, you ended up captaining the Roosters to 2013 Premiership. In terms yeah. of um, achievements, how does that rank? This was right up there. This is probably one mm. of my greatest achievements because – you know, everyone has what's everyone asks what's greatest achievement is the individual awards, but I, this was my greatest by far because I had to endure four years of injury. Um, you know, I my wife was pregnant at the time, so my family was there, and you know, my wife seen me through those years I was injured because I met her in two thousand six, and she seen the injuries and uh, the hard work mm. uh, that mm. I put in to get back, and then you know to have that reward after all those years is really satisfying lifting up that trophy and knowing that the whole club and the boys have worked so hard for it was pretty, pretty, and you're older. I was 33. So you take it all in at 22. Yeah, yeah. It's just a blur of drinking for six weeks, you know, um, <laughs> we still partied hard. Don't worry about that, but you, you, you soak it in. You, you actually savor the moments a lot more when you're older. Yeah. hundred percent. So we just touched on Trent Robinson. Um, how was he as coach? Like, obviously, his record's impeccable. The way he's coached the Roosters this year with so much diversity and, you know, and, and mm. an injury-prone season. Like We've been poor, speaking poor about bastard. Scotty, haven't he? Yeah. We, we'll coach say, of the like, year. He should be coach of the year this year. If he's going to coach until he's about 65, 70, mm. he will go down as the greatest coach of all time, I believe. Yeah, For sure. 100%. Mm. He's a career coach. He's unbelievable. I, I, I played with Robbo in 97 at the Roosters in, in under 20s. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, look, he, he understands and knows the club inside out. He knows the history of the club. And what yeah. Robbo is really big on is um, explaining the history of the Eastern Suburbs and the club and the red, white, and blue and the players that have gone before them. So when you come into the Roosters, um, you know, just put the jersey on and go, I'm trying to do my best. He creates a real. Uh, a feeling amongst the group and the players and the history of the area that we that we um, play for, so that really uh, gets everyone on the same page straight away. And he comes up with themes for the year, and he's, he's he, and he's just a master at creating that feeling and creating a good culture and setting the the lane. But then making sure. Well, not making sure, but encouraging the players to really drive the standards and and stuff like that. So he's he's um he's got all bases covered. He's awesome. Absolutely. SBW. Um, yeah. What was what was he like to play with? He was absolutely so, yeah, th- freak. so thirteen. So thirteen, we signed SBW. We signed Maloney. Yeah. We signed Jennings. We had we had some big signings, but yeah, you know, everyone knows you just don't sign these wonderful players and you don't have to be up the top of the ladder. You've got to build yeah. your culture, you know. Um, and we revamped everything from the year before and rebuilt our standards and put trademarks in place and we held each other accountable. Um, and Sonny was a big part of that, you know. His professionalism on and off the field, um, a lot of the other forwards and Kiwi guys followed, you know. So um, he's a total professional. Yeah, absolutely. One club player. Three hundred games for the oldest club in the in the in the comp. Does that um, how how does how do you reflect back on that? Yeah, pretty proud that um, I could stay at the Roosters and play three hundred and two games there. Um, you know, I never once I got entrenched at the Roosters, I never saw myself playing for another club. To be honest, um, yeah. And, we're going to say that we like did yeah did you ever like consider yourself moving on? Uh, no, no, like not at all. Like mm. with with another club in NRL, no chance. Um, you know, at, towards the end, there was that those officers I talked about in England, but then I, I had to really just sit back and think what's more long term, and that was um, staying at the Roosters and building those connections. Um, so it, it, it's now looking back because not many people get the chance to stay at their their club yeah. for all their career. It's a really special moment, proud moment. Mm. So um, you scored a, a try with a broken fibula once. 
Yeah, that was that was in 2009 with that. that yeah, I talked about. So I was down in Canberra. It was only round two, and my good friend John Monahan was in the tackle. Yep, uh, tackling me, and it was a rotation injury, syndesmosis. But because the rotation force was so big that the force spiraled up my fibula and cracked under my knee. But I, I heard a crack. Oh, I thought I actually thought I broke my ankle. I thought I yeah. broke my ankles. I heard the crack, and then Travis Tuma comes out on the field and goes, "Mate, can you can you put some weight on it?" So he helped me up, and I put some weight on it, and I hobbled a bit, and I went, "Hang on, actually, I think I could be okay." Because, mate, let, let me just hobble on the, let me just go to the wing for a bit and see if I can run it out. Anyway, they play on uh, for a couple of minutes, and then they drop the ball, and it's our scrum feed. And we get the, get the scrum feed, and it comes out my way out to the left, and we're near the, near the try line. And I think it was Mason who passed the ball. I don't know what happened. I don't know how he got it. And uh, it went pass, pass, Mason to me, and I score in the corner. Um, and I get corked on my opposite leg on my oh, right car. No. So I, I get up and I'm hobbling, hobbling on both legs. And I went, Travis, I'm done, <laughs> mate. And he goes, okay, look, let's go in and have a look at it. So they take me off the field after scoring a try. And I literally just walk. I'm walking. I'm walking off the field and I walk under the tunnel and I sit on the, the bench and I literally just take a breath and my leg blows up like a balloon. And I go, oh, like, pain just hits me like no tomorrow. And they have to give me, they have to give me a shot of morphine in my leg. But literally, that, that's how powerful adrenaline is when you're in the moment. You don't feel any of it. Yeah, not a fucking, the the yeah. broken fibula won't fucking take you up, but the cork does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> classic. Yeah, I know, it's, it's hilarious. And then I, they they took me to the hospital, and uh, yeah, that was it. Jesus, <laughs> bloody hell, mate! House of Grouse. Yes, I know. It's some epic year for those for those who don't know about the House of Grouse. Who who did you live with at the time? And oh, tell so. some stories. It was myself, Brett Finch, Michael Crocker, Chris Walker, and our father figure, Toddy Payton. Walker's on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Toddy, was, he's an absolute champion bloke, um, but he was like our father figure. He'll do some of the cooking and um, he would clean up after us because we we're, were just absolute messes. You know, we we're just um, yeah. there to party and um, have parties and bring everyone back every weekend and, and have a good time. But I remember when what happened was um, – I come back from tour and I was I needed to move houses and I said Finchy, let's go. You and I move in. He goes, Yep, let's do it. And then Toddy, Toddy and uh, Chris Walker were living together, but their lease was up. And then Chris goes, Mate, we're at the pub at Beach Road. We're having a quiet beer. And he goes, Mate, why don't we all get a big house? And everyone went, That sounds awesome. <laughs> anyway, Ricky Stewart got wind of it and he goes, There's no way in hell you blokes are living together. Anyway, so he put a he put a stamp no to it and then Finch Finchie's like, Mate, fuck that. Hey, who does he to tell us what to do? Come on, man. Let's go, let's go speak to him. I said, oh, okay, all right. So we go up and speak to him and we said, Ricky, you can't really tell us where to live. Like if we're in bad form or whatnot, then we'll, we'll happily cancel it and move out. But you know, if we're playing well, then yeah, you, you, we do everything you ask of us. And you know, and he goes, "All right, we'll give it a trial and see what happens." Anyway, we lost four games that year. We're on fire the whole year, um, and on fire off the field too. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can fucking imagine. Oh, oh mate, mate to be a fly year, on that wall would have been amazing. Oh, it was every weekend, and the neighbours weren't too happy with us. So, actually, we we actually had on one side of the house. The neighbours were actually swingers, to be honest, and they, they didn't mind the party. So they were right. They were right. Uh, the other side, the Jewish people, lovely, lovely family. Um, the wife didn't like us too much, but the, um, the husband, he actually, um, he, he came around in the end. He was all right. Um, but yeah, we had many parties there and we had Mad Monday. But after the year, we all looked at each other and went, we've got to get out of here. We're just killing ourselves because yeah. you know, we played, we played yeah. on a Friday night quite regularly. And um, it was on Friday night, Saturday night, into Sunday night, all the time, every weekend. It was without fail. Then, then, and then you get to Monday and you come home from training after getting flogged and you're like, boys, we're not drinking this week. And then you come to Thursday and you're pumped for the game. Right. You're back and you win. You win on Friday and, it's, and the cycle happens again. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. that's gold. That would wonder, be awesome. No wonder my back fell apart in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I remember I, I heard Finchie once say that, like, when he was hungover, 
he was like, oh, this is the shit. Like, no, I hate it. I'm not, I'm not drinking again. But he would yeah. always look over at you and you'd be like, no, nah, mate, sweet. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, I, so I you're Mr. Positivity yeah, in the I'm, house. I'm 100% positive, yeah. So I always said, boys, you just got to trick the mind. Just, mate, tell it you're sweet. And you're, you're sweet. Tell it <laughs> yeah. you're sweet. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm sweet, mate. I'm, I'm sweet, mate. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any remi- did you have any remedies afterwards like for a, for a hangover cure? Oh, but back then it was just hydrolyte. <laughs> yeah, 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 hundred percent. Far out. So, three hundred club player uh, for the oldest club in the league. How does that sink in? Well, that's yeah, a I, that's a massive feat. Yeah, Ingle Company, you know, with Rico, who's yeah. my best mate, uh, Orbo, really good mates as well. So, you know, we've had three guys at the one club to do it, um, mm-hmm. which there's only a, a couple of clubs that do that, you know. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a huge achievement. I remember when Orbo joined the club, uh, Rico and I saying, mate, it's a huge achievement in uh, any sport. But to, do, to have three one-club players over 300 games is huge, mm. you know. So that was... Um, Really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, talking about the evolution of fullbacks these days, what's your take on it? Yeah, oh, mate, it's literally one of the most important position on the field these days. Um, yeah. You know, you 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 got to act as a, a second ball player. you got to support up the middle. middle, And most importantly now is you, you control the defensive line. So you're telling players what side to go every mm. single tackle. Now, there's three plays mm. in a tackle. The, the forward that comes out, he doesn't have to think. He needs to look at the fullback, and the fullback's pointing him where to go. So yeah. you're actually it's, – it's your defensive line. You're controlling it. And especially on goal line defense where things happen like in a split second, yeah. uh, you need to make those calls under pressure, under fatigue, uh, in, a, in a heartbeat. And, um, yeah, that's the importance of a, of a good level head. And uh, you see Teddy doing it now. It's, yeah, yeah. it's so important, that position. Are you uh, like I can see a lot of Teddy in um, like in like your game. So have you had much to, to do with him in terms of coaching and positional play? I think feel like the defensive side and the attacking side is almost a mirror image of you and bumping what? off tackles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of people say that. Um, no, mm. He's he's, uh, he's an awesome player. He's, the, the guys these days they're much better players than when we were. They just the you know the training, the sports science, everything's mixed in. Uh, I, I did a bit of video analysis, uh, what we talked about earlier, that first year come to the Roosters on his defensive yep. organisation uh, with Robbo. But basically, mm-hmm. he picked it up straight away. Like His instincts are phenomenal. So, you know, it wasn't um, long before he didn't need me anymore and, it's, and mm-hmm. he's just doing his own thing and improving his own game because he's got great instincts first and foremost. Yeah. I, I heard once that... Um, Craig Bellamy took a video of all your all your highlights and gave it to Billy Slater and said, "If you want to be the best in the world, this is who you want to be like." Is that yeah, um, yeah, how much did, of a, yeah. a compliment is that? Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, he, he did do that because what happened was Bellamy was our assistant coach in two thousand and four, two thousand five Kangaroo Tours, as Wayne right. Bennett was our coach. Um, so, you know, I'd, uh, I was. I was going pretty good in those years so yeah, I think yeah, he did take some video back and you know Billy Slater mm. had a slow start to his career but then obviously you know one of the greatest fullbacks of all time now um, yep. so yeah it's um, that was pretty special yeah that, uh, to hear that Absolutely. so mate mini fit um, yeah you, you know can you tell us a little bit about that um, and do you have any influence on the Roosters anymore? Are you, are you in with them at the moment? Yeah, still up there as an ambassador. Um, I'll yep. always, be, always be connected to the Roosters because I love them so much. So still do a bit of corporate stuff with them, although it's, uh, there's no corporate stuff going on these days at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, yeah, still still do home games when I can, when, when everything's back to normal. Uh, so Minifit, I registered the business name in 2010 and I started working with schools in 2012 as I was finishing up my career. Um, and now there's a couple of different arms to the business. Uh, we run PE programs that are aligned to the syllabus uh, in oh, primary yep. schools. Fantastic. Uh, That's awesome. And I do holiday clinics for the club industry, so RSLs, bowling clubs, and leagues clubs. And then obviously through COVID, I switched to um, online fitness for yep. families, so adults uh, included, where I do body weight workouts. People can train with me. They're only 10, 15-minute workouts. Um, awesome. They can train with me in the comfort of their own home when they sign up to Minifit. Um, 
yeah, so that, that's pretty cool too. So they can just they can find me at minifit.com.au there. Yeah, or, or minifit now, minifit now on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no excuses, is there? <laughs> no, that's it. Boys. <laughs> absolutely, fucking oath. So, no, mate. We just like to say thank you for joining us. Um, we really appreciate your time, um, and thanks for being such a good sport. Awesome, yeah, man. Some real good, stories. Good chatting. Yeah, it's a good. What life, a wonderful boys. career. What a yeah, wonderful absolutely. Career. You know. So, um, nah. Thanks so much for giving up some time for us, mate. We know you're very busy at the moment um, with your business and and other other stuff going on. So, thanks, mate. Cheers, Mountain Cat. Thanks for listening to another episode of the official Big Stiff podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Hey, um, Scotty, you there, mate? Yeah, mate, I'm here. Uh, You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just type in at the Big Stiff podcast and you should find us there. Okay, thanks. Bye, guys.